Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Stagecraft, Variety's theater podcast, bringing you backstage and behind the scenes with Broadway stars, creators, industry leaders, and freshly crowned Tony winners. I'm Gordon Cox. On this episode of Stagecraft, I'm talking to Joaquina Kelukango. She's the star of the Broadway musical Paradise Square, and just about a week ago, you saw her on the Tonys raising the roof with her performance of her 11 o'clock number from Paradise Square, Let It Burn. Later that evening, she won the Tony for Leading Actress in a Musical, and was handed the award by Danielle Brooks and Cynthia Erivo, two of her castmates from the Broadway revival of The Color Purple. Audiences have seen Kelukango on Broadway in Slave Play, and on screen in the series Lovecraft Country and the film One Night in Miami. Now she's in the virtual studio with me to relive her all-night Tony celebration, to reveal her favorite part of Paradise Square, and to tease some of the projects she's working on as a writer. Hey, Joaquina, thanks for joining me. Hi, Gordon, thank you for having me. Of course, I am talking to you Less than a week after Tony Sunday on uh, Sunday night. Uh, first of all, congratulations. How do you feel? <laughs> oh, I'm over the moon. I'm so excited. <laughs> so grateful. Yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. What was the first performance after the Tonys like for you? Insane. <laughs> it was madness. Um, there was so much love in that house and it... I literally, I I just had to stand there. It's so hard sometimes. I think for me to, to for people in general to to receive that amount of love, it was overwhelming. And I was like, "There's no way I'm in character at this point. They're going on for like a minute, and so they're like, well, I just want to start this show." <laughs> but it was so beautiful. All of that love coming at us, and even from my cast backstage, you could hear them like applauding it. And even our um, musicians in the pit, they were all clapping too. So it was just a lot of love it was beautiful yeah. yeah did you notice a difference as the show went on in the way the crowd reacted um to the show after in the other than the the sort of additional love that you're talking about did you did it feel different at all for you no i think they i think they were all fully invested i mean we do have people who have seen our show like six or seven times so they're really excited uh but uh, for our new audience members who were there in the space i i think they were fully listening and and with us the entire time which was beautiful yeah 
<laughs> I did hear someone shout out though. <laughs> That's why she won the Tony, like after Little Bird, which was really Aww. funny. That was really funny. <laughs> That must have been hard not to break in that moment. That would have cracked me oh. up. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like a lot of the people who watch Tonys who are maybe not in the industry don't have a sense of what a kind of bonkers day that can be for performers, right? Like, did you, was, when you sang Let It Burn on the telecast, was that the third time you had sung that song that day? Because you would rehearsal in the morning, right? And yeah, then, we did. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for a lot of people, they perform usually the full shows before they do their Tonys at night. And so, right. like, it, that's its own other madness. But I, I didn't do the um, two o'clock show. Oh, you didn't? Day. Okay. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and it's still stressful. You're getting in glam. You're doing other stuff. You're trying to take care of Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and you're doing an excerpt of the song, right? Because you're not doing the whole song and it's a whole... It's its own number, basically, right? Right. That song is like four minutes and 26 yeah. seconds, I think, or something like that. And uh, the Tonys gives uh, performers usually three minutes and 30 seconds to perform. So it's right. it's crazy to try to say, what, what can you bring that showcases your whole show? It's It must be so hard for everyone to figure out what to actually put together. Yeah. Yeah. What do you... Do you have any memories of what it felt like to be on that stage singing that song and how that felt different from, you know, when you do it every night uh, on Broadway, on the Broadway stage? Ooh, you, to be honest, I haven't had any time to reflect on it. A lot mm. of it is a blur, but I do remember um, it was the first time that I could see people. Usually in, in the show, uh, the lights are literally, it's two big uh, spotlights blinding you. So you, you're just staring into the abyss. But this was the first time where I could see like, fully 6,000 people like, staring at me, which was, you know, intense in its own way. So the preparation and coming off, I just, I had to be in a, a different place to start because my cast came in strong with all that energy, that yeah. dancing. And I was like, okay, let's go. They coming in hot. I got to come in hot too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what do you remember of the moment when they said your name and you got up there and spoke? Oh, goodness. I, I, don't, I don't remember any of it. Uh, what I do remember... Um, so me and uh, Danielle, we we go way back. We went to Juilliard together. She's the godmother of my son. Like She's my best friend. So to see her and then also Cynthia, who um, I played Nellie, Annette while she played um, Celie in the Color Purple revival. And so the last place we all performed together really was in on that stage uh, when we did it um, at Radio City Music Hall for the Tonys that year. So to have both of those women who have been at pivotal roles in my life, who have always been speaking life into me, words of encouragement. I mean, I got to see what a leading lady was by watching Cynthia Erivo. She was phenomenal. Um, And uh, so to have them be a part of this moment, I literally couldn't make up a more uh, couldn't make a better moment. It was divine. It was beautiful. It was it was all of the feelings. <laughs> I don't even know. It was just yeah. a lot of love. Yeah. yeah. And how did you celebrate after uh, after the telecast? Oh. oh, I partied hard. I was party yes. happy in here. I don't think I went to sleep until Monday night at ten. Oh. So yeah. Oh it wow. Was, it was a full on. Yeah. It was a full celebration. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> And how has the rest of your week been uh, sort of getting back into the, the kind of routine of of the Broadway show? Uh, it, it, 
it's been interesting. Mm. <laughs> it's it's hard. It's not a this week has been a little bit of madness, so I can't even say that I'm getting back into a routine because it's all it's still a lot happening, I think, and a lot of excitement. And so it's a, a new way, a new wave that we're all kind of riding. Um, I think with the excitement and more people now um, coming to see our show, it's, it definitely is a different energy that we're, we're all kind of trying to map out, which is really exciting. Yeah. I wonder if we can rewind just a little bit and talk about your journey with Paradise Square. When and how did you first get involved in the show? So um, last year in May, um, Moises, our director, he reached out um, to offer me the role. But I thought... um, Had you worked with him before? No. Yeah, okay. No, I had not worked with him before. And um, when he sent me like the uh, Dropbox links that included like, you know, a version of a script, a couple of songs, of course, the performance that they did for CBS Good Morning. Um, And I was like, oh, this is beautiful. Um, and so I thought I had to audition. So I was like, okay, so what would you like me to sing? And he was like, no, this is a direct offer. And I'm like, oh, okay. Do you <laughs> know where, from, how he'd seen your work? Do you know how, how he'd uh, come across your work, uh, you and your work? He's no, yes. He, he knew of my work from, um, of course, I think Slave Play. And, and previously before that, uh, yeah. I guess my name has been around and he, and he, of course, I don't know. Directors do their thing. They talk to people. There's so many um, um, artists that they talk to. How is she to work with? You know, that familiar context. And I think things like that. But um, between him and I, I believe Garth as well, they they decided that they wanted um, me to play this role. And so once I got that, I immediately started working with um, Joan Later, who's my vocal coach. I mean, vocal coach of the God, she's amazing. Um, because at that point, I hadn't been singing, I don't know, for like four or five years. I Literally. So I, in the middle of a pandemic, I didn't know how to breathe. <laughs> I didn't know, like, just to get your whole body, your instrument back to being able to do eight times a week. It was really challenging. Um, and then we did the out-of-town tryout in Chicago. Yeah, in Chicago. Yeah. yeah, this year. And that was, was really- just as theaters around the country were just starting up, right? This was like fall 2021, yeah? Yes, which of course was scary in and of itself and and people not really, you know, being very timid about showing up. Um, But we got a lot of support and love in Chicago, which was really nice. And a a lot of rewrites and things were able to happen in that space, which was great before we got to Broadway. What, why were you interested in the part? What was it that attracted you at first? Um, the character I, I had never seen for a black woman to own a bar in 1863, when most of the people that looked like her were enslaved at that time and not considered human, I thought was remarkable. Um, I think, um, the story of the five points, we know it for its violence, um, for its poverty, um, for its prostitution and all of that, but you don't know it, that this was the birthplace of tap that, um, literally, um, the aboli- this was abolitionist headquarters, so newly escaped um, African-Americans sought refuge in these places, that this was a community that was full of love. And so to be able to tell that story for so many people, I think, was exciting. I'm a huge history buff, so I literally read like all the books I possibly could on this and was like, we absolutely have to tell this New York story in New York, you know, that most people don't know. It was remarkable. Yeah. What, how, and how did all that research that you did inform how you approached the character? Oh, it, it informed 
learned everything. I, I mean, you, it's, you can't play facts, but once you have that knowledge in you, certain things can, can come up. So even if it's in the script, you can say, well, is this truthful of this moment? How will we respond? And we can tweak it in those moments, which is really nice. I think the more information you have, the more and more free you honestly can be on stage, which is uh, really great. Do you have a sense of how you as a performer and your input in the role and, the, and your take on the role influenced the sort of evolution of the part and of the show? I, to be honest, I don't, I don't know. I knew before I joined, um, Nellie's role was not uh, centered mm. at all. Um, and, and I think when we, they initially uh, gave me the offer. They they were going a different way and wanted to center Nellie's voice for the first time. So this right. was really a, a collaborative, I, yeah. I feel like, experience in, in one of the most beautiful ways that I've ever had as an artist um, because these are phenomenal creators. And so to even have any type of input um, is really astonishing that one, they trusted me even in that way and, and respected me enough as an artist to to give my little input that I could, you know, and, and use it to, it felt like a truly collaborative experience. Yeah. And how would you describe the changes that were made in the show from Chicago to here? Well, we have, a, we had a completely new rewritten act too. So that's one of the major differences. And um, for my end of song, in um, Act One, it used to be wel um, Welcome Home, which was more about um, my husband's seeing my husband, you know, as a ghost and feeling like I would never be able to see him again. And through the trajectory of the show, we realized that, well, we've already had that moment to acknowledge Willie's death. So what is Nellie really feeling like by the end of Act One? And it was more about this, the her bar, the, it was the beginning of the tearing of this community and hoping that it wouldn't go away. And so um, Jason Hallam came back in and rewrote a whole new song called Heaven Save Our Home, um, which was really remarkable. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like there were probably a lot of new songs in that in that transition. In For addition sure. to the new, the new book, or the mm -hmm. additions to the book, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And is there anything you miss from that earlier version of the show that you, you understand why it got cut, but you miss doing it? Oh, well, there, <laughs> I understand why this one song got cut. It was, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember the name now. I can't forget it, but the, it, was, it used to be a different um, duet that Willie, um, that Nellie and her husband Willie did mm -hmm. um, in place of what this more sweet, intimate moment. It was more like fun, flirty <laughs> and really raunchy song that that was like a really ditty song. And, and people were like, well, this is great, but it's not really telling my story. So it got cut. But it was fun to sing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what's your favorite part of the show to do now? For me personally to do yeah, or that's personally. in the show? Um, oh. Well, how about both? Okay. Well, one of my, oh, I have so many. One of my favorite moments um, in the show personally is um, the song Breathe Easy. I remember the first time I heard it, um, I heard it in the rehearsal room and saw it with the choreography, which literally includes um, so many dance forms from the African diaspora which I thought was something I never saw on a stage, quite honestly. And it was so refreshing. And at a time where nobody was really breathing 
just hearing that song as a reminder to breathe was uh, so healing and therapeutic. Um, so that's literally one of my, I think it's the most gorgeous uh, a song in there because you see all of these ancestors from the African diaspora literally surrounding this beautiful couple as they uh, escape to freedom. And I, I think it's beautiful. Um, and my favorite song to perform absolutely is Let It Burn. Okay. Uh, it, it's, it's literally, I, I couldn't ask for a better number to perform at the moment I heard it I was like oh they're letting people do this on a stage this is great I was like there's so many things that need to burn down this is gonna be fun to see <laughs> for sure and and that's just one of the songs you sing that night so I feel that like you mentioned you're working with a voice uh coach but like are there is there anything in particular that you do to keep yourself sort of vocally fit and physically fit and healthy and everything that you need to, to, you know, to be prepared to do that, uh, that show so many times a week. Right. Um, I, I drink a lot of water. I steam, I do a vocal warm up before the show. And then I do a vocal cool down after the show, which I just learned about. I never knew about cooling down after a show has yeah. been actually really helpful in preparing the voice. Hmm. Um, what, and and then, can you tell us a little, I've actually don't know much about that. Tell me a little bit about what, what that is. What, what do you do when you're cooling down? So it's just a series of exercises. I could hmm. show you, sing a little bit, but it's like, yeah, a, please. And you just kind of go down the stale, or you can do a lip chill and you keep going down the scale and it's just kind of resetting your entire voice, uh, by the end of the night. Cause there's so much, um, emotion and screaming by the end of the show that like it is taxing. So to, to bring your voice back and also your body back to know that it's normal, it's okay. You're not in, <laughs> no one is coming to attack you. You're a normal person now. It, it, it's almost like you always have to do that. Right. Yeah. By the end of the night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have a sense of, we talked a little bit about the fact that you're working on the show during the pandemic and do you have a sense of how, you know, the pandemic was a, has been a huge shift for all of us, um, not just, you know, living with the pandemic, but also the uprisings for racial justice. Do you have a sense of how all those things informed what Paradise Square has become as you've been working on it? Oh, it's a good question. I, I, I don't know if I have a sense of, of how it's informed it, but I do know that all of us in creating it, um, I think we feel it. There's a new way to work. I believe as artists now, I think the pandemic showed us all that life is short. So when you have these opportunities to tell stories, it is a privilege and a, truly a gift to be able to tell stories. So I think we all came in with with the acknowledgement that, um, you know, you're out there risking your life every night, even if you're vaxxed and double vaxxed and all of those things, you're, you're there performing. But we wouldn't do it if we didn't love it. And so that, to honor these stories, um, especially in our communities, um, so much of what we've seen, there are so many nameless communities of places that have been burned down where people once lived and shared and loved each other. And so to be able to be in a show like this where we can honor um, those voices for all of us, for our Irish immigrants, as well as our um, African-Americans in this country, I think is is really telling and beautiful. Does that make a difference in terms of how you work in the room as you're as you're working on a on a show? Um, no, the work I, at least for me, the work has always mm -hmm. been the work. Um, yeah. I, um, but I do think um, 
because we're, we're out of this pandemic, we have all had to figure out a new way to work. There are protocols. We get tested every week, literally like a couple times a week <laughs> for us. And, 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 um, it was really hard, especially when we opened, we literally opened. And then that's when we all pretty much got COVID, like it, it raped us. So it was it, the uncertainty, I think of it all is, 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 um, something that is new and interesting that we're all having to, to navigate, even our producers and everybody. I'll have more with Joaquina right after the break. And now, here's more with Tony winner Joaquina Calucango. Who do you consider the biggest influences on your career, Joaquina? Ooh. Like, uh, do you mean in terms of like mentors or people I look up to or? Both. Both, okay. Um, well, mentors, I have to say, Tanya Pinkins has been mm-hmm. one of my, um, one of the greatest mentors. I think since we worked together um, in 2011 or 12, and um, she's just kind of held me under her wing and and not even said I'm your mentor. She's just been like mama there to me and being like, how are you checking in and offering advice? And so she, she really um, holds a special place in my heart, I think, as an artist and someone who I've always looked up to. You worked with her, was it Hurt Village? Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And are there, is there an artist or, a, uh, or any kind of type of creative person whose uh, career you admire and whose work has really influenced you? I'm going to say one, of course, is, is Viola Davis, just because of her journey from Juilliard, seeing her pave the way, her vulnerability, her rawness, um, and, and how she's opening doors and creating new spaces. I, I, I think... Um, She's been a, a big influence for me just looking up to her and, and seeing her trajectory. And then, of course, I, my two is always Audra McDonald and LaShawns. I've, I've always <laughs> admired them. These were the videos I used to watch in high school of these incredible women. And and um, so to be able to meet them and talk with them and, and hear words of inspiration from them during this time, especially um my little 15-year-old self is like about to burst. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> and what, speaking of, you talked about Audra and LaShawn's, but are there any plays and or musicals that really are close to your heart as uh, and became close to your heart as you were learning that you loved to theater? Oh, goodness. Well, <laughs> Once on this Island, that was the first mm-hmm. musical I had ever seen. Um, And it was when I was auditioning for high school. So my um, high school did it before I could get into the program. And And where was was this? Tri-Cities High School in East Point, Georgia. Okay. Um, So it was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I just remember being like, I want to do this. I was having the best time of my life. Um, So that and I would also say Serafina has a big space in my heart because it was the first show that I had ever done. Um, Mm at school to be an artist and it literally changed my life learn having to learn how to do south african accents and the research and everything learning how to sing and dance at the same time building up stamina and um craftsmanship i mean it was a huge challenge for for all of us as artists but yeah it was a great way to be thrown into it yeah was that in high school as well it was in high school okay yeah and then did you go straight from high school to juilliard was that the yes the trajectory for you 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Great. Um, and do you have a sense of what kind of work in general you're drawn to? Like, can you characterize the projects that really attract your attention? I don't know if I can characterize it. I, I'm, I know I'm a storyteller. And so if it's a good story, I want to navigate towards it. Um, sometimes I feel like certain things come to me when, um, when I need to deal with it at a certain point in my life. So for me, like something like Paradise Square came at a time where I was scared of everything, scared to live, scared to breathe, like scared to move. And then you have this woman who is so fearless, who is um, so loving and protective of her community um, to be able to embody that specifically at a time where I didn't have the strength to do it myself, I think was a, um, a healing thing. So I always feel like, certain things come to me at a certain time when I need them. Yeah. If that makes sense. Or yeah. There's a certain characteristic that I need to express and that usually comes. And you're based in Atlanta now, is that right? I did, I moved back a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so, so part of taking a job, the calculus of taking a job for you also involves when you, what makes it worth leaving your home for, right? Cause you're gonna, right. you're away from Atlanta for a while now, right? Right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, is it Atlanta? You're from the Atlanta area. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, lots of uh, acting work there as well, though, with lots of TV production and things. So It's completely changed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a completely different place. Do you have a sense of what, how you want TV and film to fit into your work overall and how theater fits into that as well? Yes. I, you know what's so interesting? Um, I always look at like the um, the family of artists in the UK. I think they have it pretty well. They do it all. They go seamlessly from theater to film to TV and back. And I think we sometimes here get put in a box and get pigeonholed and say, you have to stick to this thing. And so I'm going to go where I can tell stories. I want it to be in every form. Um because I think that's what being an artist is, to be able to, to, to do all of those things. And I think people just have to see it <laughs> and know that it can happen, you know? Yeah. And do you, is there a certain kind of work that you're hoping to do going forward? In terms of what? In terms like, of the kinds of stories you're telling or um, the opportunities that it gives you to showcase in yourself as a performer? Hmm. I don't. I will say, for me specifically, I, I I am more so trying to concentrate on I think um, narratives of of our culture specifically because I, I I don't see them and I think there's so many different stories to tell, and so it's it's really just about um, finding the right stories that I want to tell. I also um, am writing, so there's I'm Angolan, so there are specific stories that I want to tell from my community as well. So I I, I wouldn't say that there's a specific thing that I'm working on, but yeah. Well, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the stuff you're writing? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I can't, but I will say it's, 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 it's been great to, um, research a, a lot of even my tribe, um, and, and my culture and my family history. I started literally, um, taping my parents. My father passed away three years ago. So I used to tape them and just tell me, tell me your journey because they came here as political refugees in this country. And that journey, 
<laughs> was just so phenomenal that I was like, okay, I have to get this written. I have to figure this out. Right. So, yeah. so you're not going to tell us if it's a play or a movie or a TV show yet? I will say that there are, there's a TV show in the mix. There's a movie in the mix. Plays kind of terrify me, so I have to wait on that. I have to figure okay. that out. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you know now, or what have you learned along the way that you wish you knew as you were starting out? Oh, um, don't be afraid of your power. Mm. I think for, for the longest I tried to hide. There's a there's a thing. Too, I think specifically in the South and in the Southern culture as well of like, you know, being humble so you don't be, um, so you're not arrogant, right? And it's not arrogance to own your power. It's just owning your power and sitting in it with the full confidence that you have everything created in you to be exactly who you need to be at that moment. Um, and I think for so long, I was so scared, scared of it, scared to show it. Um, and yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Don't be scared of it. Is that the advice that you would give to young performers uh, setting out today? Absolutely. I think we all have to be fearless. That's that's the point of art. You know, you can't be scared in this business to share art. It's a vulnerable place to be, to expose yourself in that way. And so I think the more and more you can feel as free as possible, the more and more you'll help other people then begin to be free as well. Yeah. So you're in Paradise Square for how much longer? Do you know? As long as they will have me and people come see our show. <laughs> right now we're open-ended, so let's, yeah. let's get people to come in. <laughs> yeah. And is there anything else on your plate that I should know about? Are you working on anything else? Not anything that I can say. But yeah. yes, there are some other things. Yeah. Are there any roles in sort of classic plays or musicals that uh, you feel like you've always wanted to play? No, I feel like this was one that I always really wanted to play. And I didn't know it at the time. And I, I'm I'm a huge champion of original works. Yeah. I think, um, so for me, be, I, yeah, I, I love creating from a space of just complete freedom, literally crafting a character from the air and working with artists in that way, I think is, is really exciting. So I can't say that there's a, a role I necessarily want to do unless it was probably a new work. I think that's right. that's where the fun is for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, we can't wait to uh, see what that new work is, and in the meantime, <laughs> we can catch you in Paradise Square. Thanks so much, Rokina. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Gordon. That was Tony winner Joaquina Calucango, now starring on Broadway in Paradise Square. If you like what you're hearing on this and other episodes of StageCraft, I'd really appreciate it if you took the time to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us grow our audience of folks who love theater as much as you and I do. Or tell a friend about StageCraft, or give us a shout out on social media. Find past episodes and subscribe on all the pod places, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on the Broadway Podcast Network, which is a great place to find more theater for your ears. Until next episode, find me on Twitter at GCoxVariety. Thanks for listening, and see you at the theater.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.